0: The month of October is Respect Life Month, but it's also a month devoted to the Blessed Mother. And for the next three weeks, we're going to be looking at the theology of the body. And the body is definitely under attack, and what we believe is definitely under attack. So I believe it would just be important that we just ask for Our Lady's intercession by praying one Hail Mary. So if you please join me. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. For the end of the month of September and all of October, I've been filling in for masses at St. Jude's just around the corner, to help out a brother priest, Father Lewis, who is actually back home in India, seeing his family for the first time in two years. And on First Fridays, there's a devotion in the Catholic Church to go to confession. And I was hearing confessions. I'm not going to tell you the sins I heard. But when I was in the confessional, there's a box in there and it said, do not throw this away. And as I opened the box, there was stuff in there, little pamphlets in there about how to remain pure, how to remain holy. And right away, what that reminded me of was the first time I encountered the teaching of theology of the body primarily through a gentleman named Christopher West. And the way he talked about it was, you know, talking about God's original plan is like a pristine piece of paper. And he said through sin and through different people who have corrupted the different teachings of God and God's original plan, little by little, sin began to crumple that up. And now what our world sees is this. Trash. There's no reason for it. There's no purpose for it anymore. And when I heard Christopher West speak, when he talked about theology of the body and the teaching of Pope St. John Paul II, he said what John Paul II was trying to do was to unravel that and say, it is not trash. God's plan is good. And he wanted to show us what that is. So as we go through the next three weeks, what I'd like to do is to take what our world claims as trash and to lift it up before the cross. So we can understand, first of all, this, this week we're going to look at identity. And next week we're going to look at what it means to be male and female. And then the third week we're going to look at God's original intention, his original plan, which is original unity, that God wanted to be one with us. And as we go through this, you are going to be triggered. The teacher, teachings of theology, bodies body is meant to trigger you, um, which triggers, alert us to something that's in need of healing in us, something that's broken, because, because of the way of the world and what's happened to us through sin, God's original plan has been skewed. And it's important for us to pay attention to what triggers us, because it's most likely that you're called to bring that to prayer and not run like our world does, because it doesn't work. And naturally, theology of the body is, is again, meant to trigger us because the teaching shows us the hope of God's original plan for all eternity, and His plan is meant to be like a beam of light in the areas that we live that don't make sense, that don't correspond to His original plan. In any area where you feel triggered that something is missing in your life, or that can't be true for me, it's most likely that you're being invited to be healed or start the path and the journey of healing and redemption. So what is theology of the body? Because it's kind of a a weird term. But theology of the body is really a theology of what it means to be male and what it means to be female. Theology of the body comes from the transformative teaching from St. Pope John Paul II in the late 1970s into the early 80s. He would give different audiences over 120 teachings And they primarily remind us that our bodies are created to glorify God. That is, to live fully alive as God intended, as male and female. And today, I just want to briefly look at identity. I mean, this is something we could look at a lot, but we hear this word thrown around all the time. And identity is at the core of who you and I are. Something that God wants to assure us in and have deep clarity in. And if we lose God's identity, we lose our identity. In the theology of the body, John Paul II talks about original man, that is, the people of God, and Adam and Eve before the fall, before original sin. And that's really important because then we get to see God's original plan, what his original intention was, and where we're at now, and what he's inviting us to. So, we can ask ourselves the question, you know, when it comes to identity, who am I? And even, whose am I? Or we can ask, who and what am I before God? The theology of the body helps restore the relationship between God and you. And a lot of what we see on the campus of the Newman Center is that souls, people, are in desperate need of healing. Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI, big fan of John Paul II in Theology of the Body, he has a book called Jesus of Nazareth. And in that, he says, Whoever wishes to heal the man, meaning people, must see him or her in his or her wholeness. And we must know that this ultimate healing can only be healed by God's love. Yet it's possible for a lot of us here that our image of God is skewed. And that, to this day, continually affects our identity, how we see God, even how we see ourselves, and how we see the people around us. And we see that through the, through the Scriptures. We see that through when Saul became Paul, or Mary Magdalene, where she was at before she encountered Jesus, or Simon, before they met Peter, before he became Peter. They began to live, eventually, as they were originally created to be. And my hope is that over the next three weeks, we can begin to start that journey and never stop. And for a lot of us, we have forgotten God's original plan. We heard about that in our our first reading today in Genesis. Again, Genesis, the means beginning. And when God created the animals, the earth, and the stars and the heavens, he said, good, good, good. But when he created male and female, when he created you and I, He proclaimed the truth that you are very good. So question, do you believe that you are very good? If I came up to you and said to you, you are so good, you are are very good, can you you receive that? If so, then praise God. But if not, like me, when I received a lot of compliments before I encountered the Lord and, and started the journey of healing, I couldn't believe it. I didn't believe that I was not even good, I couldn't even believe that I was very good. Those two things were, like, way off the table. And that's most likely because something in your life has skewed your image of God and image of self and that, your identity. And it's very normal that a lot of us have heard this statement. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That is the biggest line of garbage I've heard that we tell our kids For a lot of us, our identity of God and self is either solidified or damaged because of words that our parents spoke to us, or parental figures spoke to us, that teachers spoke to us. And due to their own pain and suffering and skewed reality, it's hurt us and it's hurt them. And it's left them feeling incomplete. And has left them feeling empty, and ergo, you and I feel incomplete, and ergo, you and I feel empty. And in that incompleteness, it leads us to grasping for acceptance. I want to fit in. But we do it in very disordered ways. And God's original intention when he created us very good, and that he created us male and female, is that he created us with two genders, which is a part of our identity. In today's first reading, from the second chapter of Genesis, this basic or foundational reality comes across clearly. So Eve is created from Adam's own rib. And unlike all the animals in the garden, Eve is on the, now the same level as Adam, sharing in his own dignity. Why wasn't she taken from his shoulder or from his knee? Well, if she's taken from his knee she'd be lower than him in dignity or worth. If she's taken from his shoulder, she'd be above him, but the rib is saying that she is equal in worth. However, Eve is more than an animal. She's a person creating God's image and likeness just as Adam is. And Adam bumped into many different animals and he named them. God gave him authority, named the animals. But he was left with a feeling of inadequacy, of emptiness, a desire for more, and simply the animals weren't enough for him. They weren't doing it. And in naming the animals, he bumps even into himself realizing, I am different than these creatures. Adam needs this relationship with another person in order to have fulfillment in his life. This is why he says, bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. The animals simply were not of his own flesh, which left him feel empty. But in Eve, he, for the first time ever, sees somebody other than himself that's made of his own flesh. That's what happens when a husband, when he sees his future bride, and he just doesn't see himself anymore. He gets lost in her. Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. So God's original intention was that man and woman would see their differences as complementary. That's not talked about in our culture at all. Men and women are promoted due to original sin in the modern feminist movement that we're against each other. But that's not God's plan. Never has been, never will be. Where the man is weak, and women you can probably name off about 400 of them right now, right? The, man, the, the woman is meant to be strong. And where the woman is weak, the man is meant to be strong. And they're actually meant to balance each other as in being complementary towards each other. However, sin has damaged this idea of man and woman balancing each other. And the answer is the cross of Jesus Christ. Theology of the body teaches us that the cross of Jesus Jesus Christ is bigger than the world's pain, is bigger than sin, and is bigger than your shame and my shame when it comes to our identity. And theology of the body, the teaching reminds us that Jesus Christ can set you free and transform you and everything around you. And John Paul II teaches us that through the cross you can experience real and true victory. But a lot of us, because of what the world has offered us, all these false identities, we feel it's impossible. For some of us here, or even for people that we know, we feel that my identity is destroyed. It's unredeemable. And there's an invitation to start the process of being restored, healed, and redeemed. For a lot of us, I believe right now there's an invitation to ask God a few questions and to listen to his response. How does God speak to us when we, when we speak to him? He speaks to us through images. So you might not physically hear him audibly. You might receive some words inaudibly. He speaks to you at the core of your being. Or he might remind you of some scriptures so I'd like, like us to pause and ask God right now, wherever you're at, maybe you don't even believe in him, but if he is out there, let's, let's, let's ask, act as if he does exist. Ask this question. God, how do you see me? And listen. Second question, God, who do you say that I am? And listen. And thirdly, God, what words do you use to describe me? encourage you to spend time with those three questions this week. And if you have ever, ever experienced brokenness in your family or in friendships or communities, then your identity has become distorted. Because that means our reality and our understanding of who God is has become distorted. So as we close today, and head into the next two weeks. What we can do is pause and renounce lies. What is renouncing? Renouncing is simply invoking the authority and the power of the person and the name of Jesus and placing that in the hands of God and stop holding on to that. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray out loud. And you can just simply repeat the words and echo the words in your heart. And this particular prayer comes from Dr. Bob Schutz, who has a program that I highly recommend people to go to, a conference called Healing the Whole Person. And it's also written in some of his books called Be Healed. He also has one called Be Restored and Be Transformed. And this is the prayer that he says. If you want to echo that in your heart, I highly encourage you to, if you're struggling hearing, to hear how God describes you or how he sees you or who he says you are. In the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce the identity that I've received from everyone in my life who has incompletely told me who I am. I renounce the authority I have given them over my identity. I now place that authority in you, Heavenly Father, because you alone know me. Love me completely, and see me for who I truly am. If anything comes to light, and you are triggered, I strongly recommend seeking counsel especially this week to bring it to the light and don't leave the darkness by having a good confession. So you can walk into the reality of God's original intention of his plan for all eternity that you are very good. And to start the process of walking in that freedom so you can start seeing who God is as he says he is. And start seeing and believing who you are because he claims who you are. His beloved sons and beloved daughters. The apple of his eye. My delight, Scripture says. It says that you are beautiful. And that was his plan for all eternity, that you would know that and believe that. But sin has crumpled that all up, and it's left a lot of us feeling like trash, and then we feel like we're unredeemable. If you have any lies that you're struggling with, or demons you're struggling with, or anything that you believe in that's bigger than the cross, invite you to put that on the altar in your spiritual imagination, and ask the Lord to start the process of transforming you. Next week, we'll look into what does it mean to be male and female? and we know that we are created in God's image and likeness, and we are meant to complement each other, we come to understand of what a beautiful creator we have, what a beautiful God we have. When's the last time that you said that God is good? When's the last time you said that you are good? When's the last time you said that other people are good, and if not good, very good? If you are sick and tired of and and t- uh, being sick and tired, let's start that process now and never look back. Because you are more than trash. You are God's beloved. You are the apple of his eye. And if we know that, we must spread that. It's got to come pouring, even oozing out of us in everything we do. We've got to start somewhere. So why don't we start now? Amen.